And I mean, like, everyone's trying to tell me their issues, and I'm like, bitch, can you just cue up my drum? Welcome to Rebel Girls Book Club. I'm Harmony. And I'm Maggie. And we're here to take an intersectional, feminist approach to books from all over the spectrum. Bestsellers, we've got you covered. That one book from English class you hated while you read but you can't forget? We've got that too. Comic books? Nonfiction? It's all right here. So grab your tea, grab your blanket, and let's get rebellious about your favorite new reads. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Rebel Girls Book Club. My name is Maggie, and I am flying solo today. Harmony has COVID. She's fine. Nobody panic. Nobody worry. She just didn't want to record because she doesn't feel like her voice sounds very good right now. But she is recovering. She is doing well, and she will be back soon. Next week, in fact. So today I thought I would play to my strengths a little bit and talk about fantasy. If you've listened to any of our episodes before ever, you will probably know that fantasy is the primary genre that I read. I love all kinds of fantasy from high fantasy to urban fantasy to magical realism to speculative fiction to horror that's got some magic in it to like a sci-fi fantasy blend creatures dragons. I'm into pretty much all of it. And I wanted to do this tag today because in the past, gosh, probably, I don't know, five or six years, I would say, I've really seen a huge influx in women writing in fantasy, in queer authors writing in fantasy, in authors of color of all backgrounds writing in fantasy. And of course, people of all kinds of backgrounds have always been writing fantasy, have always been writing fantasy novels, but have not reached the same level of fame and notoriety as some of their white male counterparts. And also probably almost definitely had a much more difficult time getting traditionally published. And as a kid who also loved fantasy, this has been a lifelong thing for me, I think that I really would have benefited from seeing, you know, essentially some of this representation a lot younger, from seeing the diversifying of the fantasy category a lot younger. I know that there were probably options out there in the late 90s and early aughts that were more diverse than what I was reading at the time, but I didn't, I wasn't aware of them and I didn't have access to them. Without the internet, I was very much limited to what was at my local library, what was stocked at my local bookstores. And that was pretty much white dudes writing fantasy. And I ate it up, loved it, couldn't get enough of it, thought that fantasy was the best thing. I have always been sort of an escapist reader where I just want to dive into the nitty gritty of a new world and really sink my teeth into something that just feels like it can never happen here, you know, transport myself away. And I think too, it's important to note that it's not even just that people from a multitude of backgrounds weren't being published at the same level as their white male counterparts, or have the same opportunities. That's a tragedy in its own right. But it's also the ways in which that women have been historically mistreated in fantasy novels and having that be so normalized. One of my first forays into adult fantasy was A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. 
I still love A Song of Ice and Fire. I've read all of the books that are out multiple times. I loved the show until season eight, like everybody else. But when I think back on it, when I think back on the treatment of women that that normalized for me, that that was so prevalent in not just A Song of Ice and Fire, but in every fantasy book, in every fantasy world to some degree, the mistreatment of women, the belittling of women, the violence against women. I don't know. It makes me sad. It makes me sad. So I wanted to kind of counteract that today by hyping up and talking a little bit about some of my favorite fantasy books that are written by women that have really pertinent and relevant fantasy themes that I'm really grateful have come onto the market in such a widespread way in, you know, the past five, six, ten years. So I'm going to do the Fantasy Tropes book tag for you all this week. And we're going to talk about some great fantasy novels. And it's going to be a good time. Now, I will say my list is a mix of myth retellings and high fantasy. I don't think I have any urban fantasy on here. Some magical realism, some horror, some speculative stuff. It's not all, you know, traditional high fantasy, although some of it would probably fall into that realm. And that's just, I think, more reflective of what I've been reading as I've gotten older. And also, I think fantasy can feel like a genre that's super intimidating because the vibe of fantasy is like, 13 book series that are all thousands of pages long and really complicated world building. And it's going to feel like reading a new language for the first 150 pages. And am I going to grasp it? And that's an aspect of the genre, but there's so much more than that going on. And I wanted to kind of hype some of those books too. So we're going to do the fantasy tropes book tag. This was created by One's Peculiar. Thank you, One's Peculiar. Let's dive straight in. So the first trope that we're going to talk about is the lost princess, whose question is a book or series you lost interest in halfway through. Well, I guess we're, we're lying right off the bat because none of the books that I had staged that I was thinking about here were things that I didn't like or that I lost interest in halfway through. I guess I'm going to have to go with A Song of Ice and Fire just because I don't know that I'm going to, I don't know that I'm going to read the next book when it eventually comes out. It's been too long. The last book came out when I was a junior in high school. That's too, that's too long. So anti-feminist pick for a series that I lost interest in halfway through. This next question is Knight in Shining Armor, a hyped book series you were swept up by. For me, I think that the answer is probably the Winter Night Trilogy by Catherine Arden. I read this, gosh, probably in 2017, 2018. And I read it exclusively because of the hype. Totally. It was huge at the time. Everybody was loving it. And I agree. This series follows Vasya, who is growing up in a remote Russian village hundreds of years ago. And her mother dies when she's young. And eventually her father remarries to a woman who is very religious. And when she comes into the village, her mission essentially is to get everybody to conform to her religion and sweep out the folklore, traditional kind of religious idols that have always been there. And Vasya is one of the last people who still fervently believes in them and is keeping them alive. And it's sort of her quest over multiple books to reclaim that magic and that cultural identity for both herself and her village, but eventually all of Russia. And it is an extremely heartwarming book. Vasya is our main character the entire time. We see her go from being a baby, essentially, to a full-grown adult who is saving magic. 
And it's just a really empowering read, I think, where we see her not back down from what she believes in, where we see her have as much strength and power as her brothers do, and where we see her really fight against social conformity and social norms and do her own thing. So I would highly recommend it. It's been out for a couple of years now. Harmony and I keep saying that we're going to read this on the podcast and then have never gotten there. So who knows? Maybe season four, we will finally read the Winter Night trilogy. But highly recommend the hype was totally, totally there. I will say, though, it's a little bit of a slower paced novel, very descriptive. So if that's not your vibe, be warned. But if you like something that's going to give you the detail, the stretching out of time, you're following a whole life story. If that's something that appeals to you, you're going to really dig this, I think. The next question is Wise Old Wizard. An author who amazes you with his or her writing. For this one, I'm going to go with A Dowry of Blood. Now, this is probably kind of a non-traditional pick here, I think, because this is primarily a horror romance, I think, is how it's kind of pitched. But the reason I have it in fantasy is because this is a retelling of Dracula's Brides, and to me that feels very fantasy-esque. You know, we're dealing with vampires, we're dealing with creatures. But the heart of this novel is about a woman taking back her power from her abuser and taking his power very purposefully away from him, not only by murdering Dracula, which you know on the first page, she's writing a letter to her dead husband, to dead Dracula, but also by refusing to name him. You as the reader are aware of what's happening the entire time. The author does such a good job of giving you those context clues of weaving in that story that we all know of Dracula in ways that are identifiable, but she purposefully does not name him. She purposefully strips him of his agency and his power and gives it all to our main character as she is writing through and contending with and dealing with the trauma that Dracula imposed upon not just her, but also the other two people that he married. And this book is the most lush writing I have ever read in my entire life. Absolutely gorgeous. Just has sentences that makes your jaw drop. And sometimes it's because of the beauty of them. And sometimes it's just because of the sheer impact level of she knows exactly what she's doing and she went there and this is so fucking cool. So I loved A Jowry of Blood. I think that if you're intimidated a little bit by fantasy, maybe this is a good place to start. I will say, trigger warning, this is a book that's entirely about the aftermath of domestic violence and emotional abuse, especially. So if you're sensitive to that, maybe proceed with caution, check out some more in-depth content warnings. But wow, this is just a book that's all about putting power in the hands of somebody who's been disenfranchised for centuries, personally disenfranchised for centuries, and what happens when she's finally able to take that power. The next book, or the next trope, is... Maiden in Distressed, an undervalued character you wished had a bigger storyline. All right, I'm going to go with The Strange Case of the Alchemist's Daughter by Theodora Goss here. And this isn't because I think that this character was actually undervalued. I just loved her so much that I wish we could have gotten to see more of what she was up to. But I really wish in the novels we learned a little bit earlier about Catherine and what Catherine the cat girl <laughs> was up to and heard more of her thoughts. And it's kind of hard because part of the reason I think that she has a slightly smaller storyline than the other girls is because she's 
writing and narrating the story and they're all kind of interjecting as it goes on but I just thought she was one of the most fascinating characters in the book having said that she's definitely not a maiden in distress by any means she's one of their best fighters she knows how to take care of herself she's the human embodiment of a puma for lack of a better way to phrase it so she's really strong and capable and she knows what she's and smart and she knows what she's up to but I just wish we got a little bit more time with her in the series overall. Magic sword, a magical item or ability you wish authors used less. I don't think there's anything specific coming to mind. This isn't really a, a feminist related question in any way, I don't think. Or maybe it can be. I'm kind of over mind control stories. I think that that's not cool. The older I get, the more I'm like, I get that your baddie is a baddie, but just kind of puppeting people all around is something that I'm really over, especially when it's happening primarily to female characters. I'm not into that. And I feel like mind control is often also too convenient a lot of the time. And I'm not into that. I want things to be messy and difficult for both the hero and the bad guy. I feel like when the bad guy is so overpowered that they can just boop boop mind control somebody to do exactly what they want to do. It's like, well, where's the stakes in that for them? They're going to win. And then it makes the inevitable winning of the hero less believable. So that's not my vibe. The next question here is Untamed Dragon, a magical creature you wish you had as a pet. Ooh, what an interesting question. Not really as a pet, but I am really into Robin Hobbs, the Realm of the Elderling series. And I actually started with the Rainwild Chronicles, which at the time I didn't realize you weren't really supposed to do because of the whole world. Those are the last four books, but they're also a contained series within themselves. So it wasn't like a bad thing. I think I just would have gotten even more out of it if I had read them in chronological order the whole way. But having said that, not that they're necessarily pets, but in the Rainwild Chronicles, we finally get dragons. And it's so good. And I would love to be a companion to one of the Realm of the Elderling Dragons. I think that that would be really cool and really dope. And I think that of all four of the books, the Rainwild Chronicles to me is one of the most progressive in some ways, just because it's so, it's so much about people who have been pushed out to the fringes of society for multitudes and multitudes of reasons, who have reached a point where they're choosing to essentially self-exile because they feel so unaccepted in their society. And then taking a journey and finding themselves and removing all of the shame that's been put on them by other people for who they are, and then building a better society for themselves elsewhere that's a lot more equal and a lot more free. And also there are dragons in said society. So I'm into that. And I think that you should be into that too. It's a lot of fun. And I think that if you're not, if you're scared of the Realm of the Elderling series, because it's one of those series that's like 17 books long, a billion patrillion pages forever sort of situation. I would actually start with the Rainwild Chronicles. They're shorter books. They're a lot easier to digest. You really don't miss out on any context from not reading the first three series in the books. And it's a really accessible starting point. I think that if you started in other places earlier in that kind of world, it's possible you would be confused. But the Rainwild Chronicles, while it does sort of follow the aftermath of a lot of political events that happened in the first three books. I think to me, it's the one that feels most like a companion series where you can just get a taste, get a teaser for what's happening. Chosen One, a book or series that you will always root for. This, for me, is Three Dark Crowns by Kendara Blake. 
I read all four of these books back to back, totally binged them last year and absolutely fucking fell in love. These books are about three twin sisters who are all the heirs to the throne of this island who have been separated at birth to be trained up in the three different magics of this island. And then when they turn 16, they fight to the death and one of them takes the throne. Or do they? It's a lot more complicated than that. It's a book series that explores sisterhood, that explores female power, that I think explores the ways in which leaders and politicians can be exploited by societal pressures and those around them and kind of ruling powers that aren't necessarily the throne, exerting pressure onto figurehead rulers. And it's also about what happens when an entire society is essentially cut off from the world and what happens when they start to kind of rejoin and reconnect. This is a book series that I will always root for. I love the three main characters of this book so much. They're all so nuanced and complex. They've all been so deeply fucked up as children and there's so much trauma to contend with and they deal with it so differently. And watching them all sort of deal with the pressures that have been put on them as heirs to the throne and how that translates into their trauma in life has been it's just such a moving moving series of books I will always root for it I love it so desperately and I think too a book it's hard there's so many book series that I that I will always root for and now there's probably going to be the girls of paper and fire series those characters go through so much bullshit and they come out so I don't know, empowered. They're able to work and fight through their trauma. And they go through so much violence that they that they don't deserve and that nobody deserves. And they just come out in this beautiful little love story as finding a safe ha- haven for themselves and then building a, a safe haven for other, other people, other women in the world. So yeah, that's another one that I'll always root for. And then I guess just to wrap it up, usually, you know, we talk about what we're reading currently, things like that. But I think this week I'm just going to shout out a couple other of my fantasy favorites just for all of you to know. So if we're going like a YA route, I'd like to highly recommend A Song Below Water by Bethany C. Morrow and The Nature of Witches by Rachel Griffin. These two also really feel like good crossover books to me. So if you're an adult reader who's not really sure how they feel about YA and not really sure how they feel about fantasy, I think that these two books are going to really work for you. Because they're just a little bit of magic. We've got a fantasy world, but it's sort of on the back burner a little bit to stories about young women kind of going through self-discovery, facing adversity for a multitude of reasons. Other books that I'd like to recommend. If you like the science fiction and fantasy blend, highly recommend Iron Widow. This is also a book that has a polyamorous relationship, which I don't see very, very often in books as, as far as representation goes. Iron Widow... It's one of the most badass books I've read this year. Absolutely loved it. And I think does a really cool job kind of bridging the gap between sci-fi and fantasy. So if you've always been sort of into the sci-fi and not so much into the magic, I think that this one's for you. This is totally like a tech-based magic. That's super cool and super, super well done. And then I would say if you are into the horror genre at all and are using that as a bridge to fantasy, I would like to recommend The Year of the Witching and Plain Bad Heroines. Both of these books are horror novels first. They're both sort of happening in a fantasy-ish setting. So Plain Bad Heroines is a little bit more of like the magical realism. We don't know what's real. We don't know what's not. We're not really sure what's happening. That kind of magic. And then The Year of the Witching is about witches and a 
village of people who feel very Puritan-esque, who are surrounded by deep, dark magic forests, uh, who teach everybody that the magic is very, very evil inherently, and that you're going to go to the devil if you use it. And what happens when the main character finds out that, well, that's not entirely untrue. It's also not entirely true. And the whole thing is way more complicated than it seems on the surface. So that's just a couple of other fantasy novels that I think are really good, have really strong feminist themes, and also I think serve as great gateways into the genre if you're new to it. So that's all from me this week. I hope that you all have a great week. Next week, Harmony and I are going to be reading Displacement by Kiku Hughes, which is really exciting. Harmony and I will be back together at that point. Also exciting. And we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher app. You can support this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash RGBC and clicking the support this podcast button. Our episode schedule can be found in our show notes or by going to our website, rebelgirlsbook.club, and clicking read along with the show. You can follow us at RGBCPod on Instagram, at Rebel Girls Book Club on Facebook, at Rebel Girls Book One on Twitter, and you can email us at rebelgirlsbookclub at gmail.com. Our theme song is called Pretty Boys Make Me Feel Ugly, and it's by The Gays. See you soon, and remember to read rebelliously. Rebel Girls Book Club is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.